This episode contains adult content and strong language. Listener discretion is advised. There is a brief discussion of sexual assault from minute 1317 to 1332. Please use caution when listening. Hi, everyone. I am Claire Dominic-Smith. And I am Sage Dunlap. And this is Off the Record, a podcast about new album releases. Each episode, we'll give you our takes on a newly released album and give their best, worst, and most overrated tracks. For this episode, we'll be talking about Lana Del Rey's recent release, Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard? W Magazine reports that the name of the album is in reference to the historical Jurgens Tunnel on Ocean Boulevard in Long Beach. Um, it was a tunnel built in 1927, and it connected the trust building with the beach. Mm-mm. It's been closed since 1967, but it's still there, spookily preserved in time, they say, much like the abandoned subway stations of New York City. And... I just love how Lana says, handmade beauty sealed up by man-made walls. Ooh. Beautiful, poetic. Beautiful. This is her ninth studio album. It has 16 tracks. It's a tight 78 minutes. And the genre is Americana pop with some trap and gospel influence. Would you agree with that? Definitely. This was definitely like a very mixed bag. Very mixed bag. Yeah. Um, The cover for the album is pretty simple and kind of a... It looks like it's from the 70s, how they Mm -hmm. used to make albums with all of the producers and musicians on the cover. I really like it. I know. I love the visuals for this album. Me too. The wedding dress, which is funny because she just got engaged. Yes. Um, Or we just found out she's engaged. But the wedding, the Vegas wedding visuals for this were so perfect and fitting. So Americana of her. Um, The cover was shot by Neil Krug, who's a really longtime collaborator with Lana that's shot some of her other albums I think he shot um he shot Ultraviolence and he shot Blue Bannisters I know he did okay so I think we should move into a little bit of a personal connection to the artist moment Mm. and then we'll do our best worst overrated okay all right let's move let how is your relationship to Lana Del Rey um, it's a toxic relationship for sure, <laughs> I would say. I definitely like fell into the Tumblr, Lana, um, self-deprecating middle schooler mm-hmm. vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first album of hers I listened to was uh, Ultraviolence when I was in seventh grade. So good. And then I fell into like all of the Lizzie Grant and like old oh, yeah. tracks. And mm-hmm. my favorite one was um, Serial Killer. <laughs> <laughs> that is so edgy. I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah, she's honestly been a huge part of my coming of age, I would say. Yeah, in retrospect, like I kind of wish I would have discovered her a little bit later in life, Mm -hmm. just because some of the tones and messages and especially her albums like Ultraviolence were probably not the best of things Mm -hmm. for my little 13-year-old ears Mm -hmm. to hear. But um, I thought it was so cool at the time, so. I will say, I think listening to Lana Del Rey in at like the high school age is 
such a great experience mm-hmm. that like I know I'm glad that I got to experience. Definitely. Because like it just feels so dramatic and cinematic and like you know when you're a teenager and in, you're in your room and everything feels Everything like, is like the end of the world or the best. <laughs> yeah, it's so, everything is so intense. Like yes. it just, it matches it. Perfectly. Yes. I've cried to her albums every breakup I've ever had. <laughs> every breakup. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just so like melancholic and dramatic. There's nothing like being in like a toxic sophomore year of high school relationship yes. and yes. having Lana Del Rey to hold your hand through that. Oh my God, Nothing yes. Like and having Lana Del Rey to like make you stay. <laughs> exactly, because like she's you're she like you're like it. wait I kind of live for the drama though because then I can listen to her albums and be like it's me low key you know and like they say that you should listen to artists that I don't know if you're into astrology at all a little yeah but like they say it's like good to listen to artists that share your where like they that you have the same moon sign what's her moon sign Leo Moon and that's Ooh. what I am and so I feel like that's why sometimes I can connect okay yeah. Honestly, I can't even see her as a Leo moon. I know. I feel like she would be like a Pisces moon or a Cancer moon. She's a Cancer sun. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I think for me, Lana, I actually got into Lana later in life. Yeah. I was a pretty surface level Lana fan throughout high school. Like, okay. I listened to her music, but it, I didn't like religiously listen to her um, until actually last year. Mm. I hadn't listened to her in years. Probably, I think I was probably into her like freshman sophomore year of high school okay and then i kind of stopped listening to her for a while something about last year i had the craziest lana phase ever like i listened to her non-stop she was my i think second artist wow my, which is like kind of crazy kind of says a lot <laughs> i are was, you okay was last year okay dude you know what it was <laughs> i i realized that Chemtrails over, over the Country Club is low-key my favorite album from her. And, oh. I was, and I was, like, streaming it nonstop. That's kind of a hot take. I feel like that's not a lot of people's favorite. I think it's so good and, like, folksy and, like, has the Wise Blood feature. And it's... <sighs> I'm seeing Wise Blood tonight. Dude, me too. <gasps> Stop. I'll see you there. <laughs> are, you wait, are you lining up? Um, no? I have the... Um, I have, like, some VIP thing. Oh, okay. I didn't buy the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> That's so hot. My man's bought the tickets. Oof. Um, but, yeah, I, like, last year, and then I started getting into, like, all of her music, and, like, I really got into, I started listening to Ultraviolence, and, like, I, I got really into Norman effing Rockwell, like, when it came out, and I've always streamed that, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to see what else is, like, she's bringing to the table. And Definitely. I loved all of it. Um Except, I actually really like, honestly, all of her albums. There's just, I think my least favorite is probably Lust for Life, but... I loved Lust for Life. Oh, really? Do you have, so much. What's your, do you have a favorite? Um, I think it's called Change. <gasps> That's my favorite song. Oh, Lust, it's so Lust, good. It's so, like, the... Making me feel beautiful even when I don't feel stable, or I don't know what she says, oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's really good. I really like needed that song when it came out too. I love Honeymoon actually. I love Honeymoon too. I Born to Die honestly is just like old to me. Oh, like me I can't. Too. I, I can listen to like Diet Mountain Dew or video games sometimes, but it feels so like 
silly now. Yeah, it, no, it really is. I mean, it's so, like, it's kind of the same effect that, like, Melanie Martinez has on me. I agree, Where I agree. whenever I listen to, whenever it comes on, like, someone's, like, putting on throwbacks, I'm like, whoa, I forgot about this. Yes, but yes. it's not, it, it's, it, yeah, it feels pretty aged. I think that's, like, I was actually talking to someone about this. I feel like that image of her as, like, her being associated with, like, Born to Die and those themes of, like, you know, very, like, you know, Lolita influence, mm-hmm. like, you know, Sugar Daddy, like, all of these, yeah. all like, all of, like, the little themes and topics and characters that are on that album, yeah. I feel like they've, like, stuck with her. Like, the very, it's, like, very cheesy, and I feel like people think of that, like, associate that with her still, when I think, like, her music has, like... Matured. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it has matured, but I will say there are some songs on this album where I was just kind of, like... I just didn't like them at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sure. and the lyrics weren't like mature or some of her lyrics are like beautiful in some of the, I think the beginning of the album is like really strong. Me too. But then we get to the end and I'm like, mm. I agree. I feel like we might have similar like picks for best and worst. Okay. Then. All right. All right. Yeah. Let's get into it then. Okay. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Why don't we do best, best, mm-hmm. worst, worst, mm-hmm. overrated, overrated. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my best was Let the Light In. That was an honorable mention, and I almost put it as my best, but I did A&W as my best. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. And then my worst is the Judah Smith interlude. Oh. I don't know if that really counts, but no, that's, that's my worst. That's fair, because it went on for a while. It was like a song-length interlude. Yeah. Um, My worst was Fishtail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thirst trap music. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Okay, and my overrated was A and W. I'm so fair. sorry. That's fair. We can discuss it, but Yeah. Um my most overrated was Peppers. Oh my god. I hate that one. <laughs> I hate that one. And it's so yeah, silly because too. didn't hit her and her, I guess now fiance, they made uh Peppers and I think fishtail together. Did they really? Yeah. The trap was just so She forced. loves the cheesy trap beat. Like, I'm she like, does. are we in 2015? I felt like I was listening to, like, a SoundCloud remix of a Lizzie Grant song. It That is, like, I think that's my main complaint with um, Lust for Life, too. Same complaint. And on this yeah. one, it did feel so forced. And but I, at least on Lust for Life, she had, like, ASAP Rocky come and feature. Yeah. But on this, it's just... Tommy, I actually, I'm a huge Tommy Genesis fan. I I really like Tommy Genesis. Um, um, A lot of her music I really love. But that being said, I did not like Peppers at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I was really excited for it, and I thought it would be really fun. But... I thought it just didn't, like, fit. It sounded... Because um, she featured Tommy Genesis' is 2015 song, Angelina, mm, on it. Okay. Or, like, sampled it. Okay. Um, and I felt like you could tell, because it didn't fit with the song at all. Oh, gotcha. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I just, like... What? 
because we have like the one that's um, grandfather please stand on the shoulders blah 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 is so like beautiful and and her opening song has those like really beautiful strings and then I wish like A&W like ended before the the part. Jimmy, Jimmy, Cocoa Puff. Jimmy, Jimmy. Cocoa Puff, Jimmy, Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah, but even like at the beginning of that, you know how there's like that really long uh, instrumental interlude between the song oh, and yeah. the ending? Mm-hmm. Like, I just wish it would have ended there. That's fair. Why is that your favorite? I love A&W. I, I think the beginning, I actually do also prefer the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think it's so beautiful and like wistful and... Um, very just like she leans into that like Americana genre mm-hmm. on that really well I think but and it also kind of reminded me like I don't know if you like Ethel Kane at all I don't really I'm not that familiar Ethel yeah she's like her you should I think you would like it okay it, honestly I think Ethel Kane is very similar to Lana in that like her music kind of creates these like characters and is kind love. of like melodramatic in the same way oh, but love it. her her debut album Preacher's Daughter is about a preacher's daughter um who is mm, spoiler alert cannibalized <gasps> <laughs> and, Wait, that's really like cool though that is. there's such a plot driven concept yeah i i really like it but i think like an ethel kane definitely leans into that like americana like almost like shoegazy sound a okay. little bit and this like the first half of this song and like her mentioning like forensic files and like just I haven't done a cartwheel since I was nine. Like, that all was very Ethel Kane to me. This line. I don't think we can say it, but this line hit me when I first heard it. Yeah. It was. It's the line where she's talking about, if I told you I was R-worded, do you really think that anybody would think I didn't ask for it? Mm Mm-hmm. So sad. My favorite line in the entire album is, I haven't done a cartwheel since I was nine. That's so... It made me so sad when I heard it. Yeah. Very much showing the maturity and the growth of her. Because mm-hmm. um, she would have not said that on Born to Die. Or no. <laughs> It's like so she, sad. like the way like this song is so stunning and like kind of commenting on like women while also. Definitely. Like women's issues while also like creating this character. Um, and yeah, like ref- who's like reflecting on her childhood. Yeah. And I'm not sure if this is like Lana reflecting on her childhood or if it's kind of like she's writing about someone who is reflecting. But yeah. either way, I think she does it in such an amazing way of talking about like a woman and like how she like views like herself and mm-hmm. kind of like misses that innocence. Yeah. I think she does such a great job. And then I think the second part of the song. I'm is really fun personally. It like, is fun. I just felt like it was so like out of character for mm-hmm. the message of the song. Yeah. Maybe that's just me though. Maybe that yeah. was a purposeful. The second part of the song, I interpreted it as like here she's like with someone and they're taking drugs. And she's like this is like her like on the outside. Okay. I that's how I interpreted this and I'm not sure if that's right. That's just how I saw as like the first part of the song is like her like in like her emotions mm-hmm. internally and then this is like how she's like presenting herself on the outside. Interesting. I didn't think of it like that. I don't know. That's and I that's literally just my interpretation. Like I'm Well, not it's sure interesting. That's right. It's interesting for sure. Yeah. I love the line your mom called. I told her you're effing up big, big time. time. 
And like, I just remember when this came out, I listened to it about like eight times back to back. I was so, I was like, this song is so amazing. And just, you have to listen to the whole thing the whole time. It's definitely like the showstopper of the album. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, so. it has the most listens. Actually, no. Did you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard does? Surprising. Yeah, that is surprising. I guess it's it's, it's the titular track, so yeah. it makes sense. But also, I love the title A&W. Mm-hmm. So good. So yeah. Americana and so yeah. double. Wait, what was your most, what was your overrated? Um, A&W. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. But it's just because of that second part. Other than that, I love it. Yeah, but, that's fair. But I'm tired of hearing the sound mm-hmm. on TikTok. And what do you love about Let the Light In? Oh, my God. Well, A, I f- effing love Father John Misty. Me too. Very, very much so. Um, I just, like, this is, like, going to be my new shower song. Mm-hmm. Um... It's just so beautiful, and I love the the dreamy, like ephemeral vibes. It really reminds me of Wise Blood. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah, this whole album reminds me a lot of Wise Blood. Yeah, I think that this is like maybe a top ten Lana song for me. I agree. I agree. It's so beautiful, and um, even though the lyrics are pretty simplistic, and the song is not that long, I think it just really captures the essence of what she was going for on this album, and like her. It just really shows, it like shows her songwriting teeth and her musical teeth. Mm-hmm. Plus Father John Misty's voice and hers together. I, I honestly would have never like thought to combine those two people. Same thing with Bleachers, mm-hmm. but um, their voices are just so like beautiful together. And it's funny because um, actually my favorite lyric is on this song. What is it? Um, Every time you say you're going to go, I just smile because, babe, I already know you know I got nothing under this undercoat. I think it's so, like, sultry, but also kind of romantic. Yeah. Oh, like, the way she sings it, the way she delivers it is mm-hmm. so, like, like kind of like a little wink. It, like, made me spitting. I was One like, of the oh. things I really love about Lana is that she, she almost has these, like, two characters through her voice where one of them is this, like, dreamy, like, falsetto-y head voice mm-hmm. when she's trying to, like, convey innocence mm-hmm. or, like, um, in this case, like, sexiness. Mm-hmm. And then she has this really deep, like beautiful like alto voice that she uses when she's getting more emotional in a song yeah I so good it's so good and like what you said about like conveying like innocence with that like higher tone is so like so like poignant because I completely agree like whenever she sings like that it is like it's like you're hearing like a different side exactly yeah like where you're hearing like when she sings in her alto like you're hearing like this like woman who's like singing about like yes her like trials and like her like deep feelings Mm -hmm. and then like it's almost like she's like her falsetto kind of takes you into this like escape where she's I agree talking about like the you know like the lightness of feeling and love definitely so good honestly I would like to see like a graph somebody make this somebody make this and send it to me I would like to see a graph of like throughout each of her albums what percentage of her Mm -hmm. head voice and uh, tenor or alto voice she uses because mm-hmm. I feel like on Ultraviolence, Born to Die, Paradise, it was a lot of head voice. She Definitely. was in this very like uh, innocence era, or mm-hmm. maybe not innocence, but maybe just what's the word for it? Like, 
I don't know how like to youth, call it. Like yeah, like youthfulness. Mm-hmm. And now with this album, we get a lot of her lower register mm-hmm. and a lot of like intro a lot of self introspection on this album mm-hmm. this album because she put out her past two albums chemtrails and blue banisters pretty back to back yeah and i think both felt a little bit hasty yeah. um at the time because it like it just both felt like they were just released so quickly mm-hmm. and with this one like we've had a bit of a pause mm-hmm. and before getting this one mm-hmm. so it felt like she definitely like took some more time with it i think so too and and you can really tell in like the lyrics I agree. And so I think it's not a stretch to think that we might be getting a deluxe. What was your worst again? Fishtail. Fishtail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that one's really bad. Oh, it's but I do love the lyric, trap. you wanted me sadder. Oh. I love that lyric. Imagine if this wasn't like a trap song. It would be so pretty. I love the first, the first part uh, before it gets into the little into like the beat drop i think it's so good and she's in that falsetto and it sounds so like somber yeah um and it really that that would probably be my favorite if it kept that throughout the whole i can't believe jack antonoff was writing on this. You could, I could this tell. This feels so like. I could tell that that was a Jack Antonoff song. I really? Think that production. I'm sorry, like that. He that was just like, kind of reminded me of Vigilante shit. Uh huh. In the way that, I thought it was this like really edgy okay. kind of, trap, like beat drop production yeah. that I, didn't think fit the song at all. Yeah. And it, it just sounded to me really. Tacky. I agree. Song and I like just the 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 trap sound they picked was mm-hmm. like the number one trap beat that like teenage boys making SoundCloud songs pick. Yeah, it is. I can already see like this this song is going to be used in edits on Ugh. on TikTok. Ugh. I can already tell. Boo. And like you know what? When I see them, when I see this song in an edit. I'm gonna be like, that was great because that's what this song. It sounds like this. That's what this. Was I just made think for. she should stay in her lane and stop doing trap. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I think it was so cool when she did it with ASAP, mm-hmm. and like it was like a oh this is so different type mm-hmm. vibe. But now that she's doing it like by herself, I'm kind of just like. And I'm also like, I don't want Jack. I don't want to hear Jack Antonoff's interpretation of trap music yeah like I'm good I'm good I'll you can leave it you can leave, leave it, it at the studio <laughs> you can leave it I I mean I also I think that her voice that she could be on a trap song mm-hmm. but I think as a feature mm. like when she did um the weekend the weekend yeah, yeah that was so stunning. that was beautiful but she's yeah. she's much more of a ethereal feature on somebody else's rap or trap mm-hmm. album than her producing yeah her own. I don't yeah again it's I don't I don't need a Jack Antonoff trap <laughs> song I just don't I really I, don't I, you can leave it okay um, okay last thing I want to talk about is the interlude some people were saying that it's like ironic and it's kind of like fitting the theme because like in here he's um preaching about like lust and mm-hmm. it's um it's pretty close pretty soon after American Horror mm-hmm. um and or A and W. Yeah. And so people think it's kind of supposed to like continue like that theme of shaming women um for being lustful. And then also at the end So he you says, think she like kind of spitefully put this in? 
That's what because I... Because when she, when she's like, you know how you can hear like her laughing mm-hmm. and her talking to her friend during the uh, sermon? I think that I can't tell if she's laughing at him or laughing like with him because he's supportive that was my thought exactly yeah i couldn't tell because at some points it sounded like she was like kind of mocking him and laughing and at other points i was like oh maybe she's like laughing with him Mm -hmm. but it's like that's the thing is i think that this i'm just so at a loss for like what her intention was with this yeah it was also, it was just, it was really confusing to me mm. um, because on the other, like, other side of things, maybe she was agreeing with him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and I also, I, I do think that, I also saw some, like, in some reviews um, at the end where he says, I've discovered my preaching is mostly about me. I've seen a lot of people saying, like, that's reflective of her on this album, um, of these oh. songs being more about her. That's really interesting. I agree. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, now that you say that, I can totally see that. I kind of thought she included this specific sermon just because it was really... It was just kind of a ridiculous sermon. It's really ridiculous. It was crazy. And then the fact at the end, he's like, I used to think my preaching was mostly about you, but and you're not going to like this, but I'm going to tell you it's mostly about me. I kind of thought it was like a commentary on uh, religion, but... I don't know if Lana is, like, a part of a megachurch like other celebrities. I'm not sure either. Like, I don't know. It just feels so out of character for her to, like, I don't know. So many celebrities go to these megachurches now. It's crazy. I Is he um, evangelical? Do you know? I'm not sure. I do know that Justin Bieber goes to him. Of course he does. (laughs) Oh, my God. But that being said, it was still really confusing. And honestly... Yeah, when it came on and I was doing my listen through, I was like... I thought it, like, had switched to something else. Yeah. And also the piano is so pretty in it. Oh, it's, like, sinister. Yeah. That was the, that was the other right. reason. You're right. You're so right. That was the other reason I thought that it was, like, more, A commentary, A yeah. commentary, or it was kind of, yeah, it wasn't support, in support of what he was saying, but it was, like... Interesting. Because the piano on it was so sinister. I agree. And, like... Now that you say that, when I was listening, I was like, oh, pretty piano. <laughs> it was, like, dark, and, like... That's another thing that's very similar about to Ethel Kane is like a big um, theme throughout her music is um, like religious trauma. Okay. And so she has like some excerpts of like preacher sermons. Hmm. And this kind of reminded me of like the same. But that being said, I don't know that it needed to be five minutes. Yeah. That was a little much for me. How did you feel about the order of the album, the sequencing? I don't know. Honestly, I think she kind of ordered it by preference. It kind of seems like. Or maybe that's just me. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, I can see that. Um, Because these ones, Peppers and Taco Truck kind of, and Fishtail too, kind of just feel like thrown in. Yeah. And that's what threw me off was I feel like in a weird way, if she had mixed those in, I still don't think I would have liked Peppers or Fishtail. Mm -hmm. But if they would have been like mixed into the album a little more and if she would have like, because like to me, it felt like there was kind of this like. After John Batiste interlude, uh-huh. it went to a bunch of these like really slow melodic songs, which yeah. were really pretty. And then it just like and then let the light in and Margaret, which I think and Grandfather all like a huge like peak of the album for me. I agree. 
and then after that it goes into the trap songs yes. and it just felt like yeah she shouldn't have put them back to back because when I was doing my listen through I was like again yeah we're doing this again if she would have just if she would have mixed them in I think that would have worked a little better I agree I agree yeah overall what do you give this album if you had to give it like a how many Jimmy Jimmy Coco puffs out of ten (laughs) um I love it I think it's in my top three of all of her albums me too um I'm gonna give it mm, eight Mm, okay that's like the most generous I can be because of the trap stuff I agree. It honestly, this album grows on me every day. That I, I think so to it. too. Mm-hmm. It's become my shower album. Mm-hmm. It makes me super like. It reminds me of how I felt when I was in middle school mm-hmm. and like discovering all these like really deep emotions. Mm-hmm. It just makes me so like sentimental. Mm-hmm. And when she says like I haven't done a car wheel since I was nine, I'm like, oh my god. That just like kind of speaks to the entire album for me. Mm-hmm. And like in like the stage we are at in life. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I just every time one of her albums comes out I always find myself thinking I needed this so much (laughs) I needed this this got yeah this definitely got me through the week 100% like knowing that I was gonna get to listen to this yeah I'm so glad we reviewed this one me too um because I love this woman I love this woman she's (laughs) she's made some questionable decisions in her life but I love this woman and sorry that my stomach keeps rumbling I'm hungry yeah you should go get some food yeah I'm gonna go get some food All right, well, I'm going to go get some food. Thank you so much for listening. This has been wonderful. And thank you, Sage, for joining me for the illuminating conversation. Um, Lana, if you're listening, you slayed. And whoever is going to make that graph of her doing the falsetto and the alto, please send that to me. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.